Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Brenton Vinasalroy. This week I'm joined by rugby reporter Joe Porter and digital sports journalist Matt Chatterton as we look at the big issues in sport. And none are bigger than Israel Folau. The Wallabies fullback again making headlines for the wrong reasons for a post on social media. He's been widely condemned by the rugby community. Rugby Australia has announced it intends to terminate his contract. And the NRL says Folau won't be welcomed back into rugby league. Joe, we'll start with you. What have you made of the events of the past couple of days? Yeah, well, I mean, the more you look at it, the only logical explanation it would seem is that Mr. Flower wants out of his Rugby Australia contract. It just seems beyond bizarre that he would go and do this again, a direct breach of Rugby Australia's code of conduct after being given a relatively light punishment for the first time that he did this and obviously being told loud and clear under no uncertain terms, that if it was to happen again, he would be in serious breach of his contract. So it just seems beyond bizarre. Either he is legally below the level of IQ that would be considered retarded, or he is making a plan all along to get out of this contract and perhaps head to France to play rugby. The only other thing you can think of is that he's that far up on his sort of self-grandiose beliefs, his high horse, that he thinks he perhaps is Jesus reborn himself and is spouting off some truths to the world, because it just seems absolutely bizarre that he would essentially hand in a resignation letter like this. It's just, it's just, it's bad. And, and beyond that, it has a huge impact on society and, and it's just disgraceful behaviour from someone that has a platform like he does. Freedom of speech, yes. Has, he's allowed to follow his beliefs, yes. But to try and divide people in the community and, and essentially go in complete breach of his employer's values is, is really just, um, it's not on. Someone with a platform like that should really be using it for good and not, not sort of preaching hate speech like he is. So Rugby Australia left with no option other than, other than to sack him. Apparently they were flooded with emails and calls from their various members, members who had been part of the Wallabies community for 20 odd years, saying I've got girls and boys playing rugby and I take them down every Saturday and they idolise Israel Folau but if you don't sack him, that's the end of I'll never associate myself with the Wallabies again, I'll never come and watch another match. So they're really left in no other position than to sack him. It just seems weird and the more and more you think about it, you can only assume that he's done this, this is part of a plan to get out of that contract for you Matt uh, where do you sit on this and you same with Joe you feel that you know that the punishment fits what he's done here I do I personally think that this is really the only option they have now um, given this is the second time and uh, from what we re- re- read out of uh, Sydney um, that he had you know uh, new uh, stipulations put into his contract to avoid something like this happening again. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty obvious that yeah, he's he's unhappy or something's going on, and he just is. And yeah. he hasn't made contact either. No, no, they've, they've tried to get in touch. Tried to talk to him and yeah. his agent. So yeah. something's going on. Yeah. So um, yeah, and the fact you know, year to the day that uh, almost that it uh, mm. that it happened, like yeah, it's, it's just 
it's just bizarre. So, no, I think they've made the right call here at Rugby Australia as long as they actually go through with it, once yes. they finally do get in touch. Um, but, yeah, I don't think, you know, no apology that he makes could probably make up for it, I don't think, because he just obviously is a serial offender and he doesn't uh, doesn't seem to care about the repercussions of what he's doing. So, no, I think this is definitely the right move. Any surprise then at the NRL reaction that they're saying no, at the I, moment, not welcome? I actually think that's, that's great because, I mean, the NRL have been trying for years to clean up their image and I think this is a good, you know, good step in the right direction. I know they've been trying trying for a long time but making that statement early on I think is very good for them um, I know uh, that uh, Todd Greenberg has been trying for a while now to yeah clean that image up but yeah for them to come out and say that uh, he won't be welcome I mean that leaves him few options I mean it sounds like he'll have to go off to France or Japan or you know somewhere in Europe possibly to go play rugby or rugby league who knows but um, yeah it doesn't look as though he'll be featuring in the southern hemisphere anytime soon yeah where, where do you think he will end up Joe yeah I think France is his only option really yeah no you no English club would pick him based on what's happened it simply goes against the values that those clubs try and set for themselves and, and the British people would, wouldn't accept it. I don't think it would happen. France, on the other hand, is a slightly more antiquated views when it comes to homosexuality and the representation amongst the community of what they would consider to be hate speech. You look at the Toulon owner, who we all know very well. <laughs> yeah. um, recently, uh, the... Well, they're looking for a new winger. The Bastereau, yeah. the centre, the French centre who plays for Toulon, made a... Com- oh, he was charged, actually, with making a homophobic, homophobic comment to an opponent on the field and, and suffered some punishment because of that. Now, he was defended, essentially, by the Toulon boss, Murad Boujelal, who said that the word faggot is used so commonly as a derogatory term now that it's nothing unusual and there's nothing wrong with it. Now, if those are the views of the president of the club and mm. they're that antiquated and that, and that old and out, out, you know, old-fashioned, sorry, not old-fashioned, but antiquated and completely wrong, then, well, no surprise, this is probably France where he's yeah. going to end up. He won't go to England, they won't pick him. He won't, he won't play sport in Australia again. There's obviously no way he's coming here, so I think France is the only real option. They've got those old um, misogynistic tycoons that mm. run the show over there, and that's the likely destination, I'd say. And get a bit, that's where you get the most money, too. Right. Is it any real surprise, though, that the Toulon president is a big believer in free speech, given how much he goes on on yeah, Twitter so and whatnot? I mean, yeah, they yeah, have, yeah yes, shockers. Some of those French owners have some pretty pretty outlandish and really, really antiquated ideas about things, and, and so I believe France is really a, a natural fit for someone who's... About such absolute vitriol, like Israel Folau. Do, do we see any chance of him playing for the Wallabies, the World Cup? Not now. How Surely can not. He? Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. You can't possibly pick him. You, you tarnish your brand so much if you do. You know, their major sponsor, sponsor is Qantas, and one of their big pushes is inclusivity. The Wallabies are all about that too, and uh, millions and millions of dollars a year they get from Qantas. I mean, there's no way that they're going to want their logo branded on a Wallabies jersey at the World Cup with the eyes of the world upon them when they say we fly everyone and anyone when there's a guy in their team, the mm. biggest superstar in the team, the most revered player in the team wearing that logo saying, no, you'll go to hell if you're gay. So there's just no way. And he's, you know, he's essentially saying anyone that's homosexual will suffer eternal damnation and torture. I mean, it's, just, so, it's so really even quite... So even if he does apologise... Yeah. There's no way. He is the Wallabies' best player. Sure, mm. Surely, I was just thinking, rugby Australia to have a hope of yeah, doing anything at the World Cup need to have Israel Folau. I was yeah, just I thinking, hear, but oh. look, I, they're not going to win. In fact, they'll probably be lucky to make the semi-finals, even with Folau. So, why not? If you're not going to win, you don't need him anyway. So, I think the mm. better option here is to cut all ties with Folau, make a political statement, bring some mana back to that Wallabies brand, put some good, good, um, some you know some some good spirit and good feeling into that brand, let people sort of 
see the Wallabies as a representation of inclusivity in the rugby world and bring a whole lot of, yeah, I don't know, good karma back that way. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup with Flau anyway, so it's a better option to get rid of him. And, and it, let's be honest, rugby is bigger than one man and human rights are bigger than anyone. So it's, it's a no-brainer for me. They have to let him go. The Wallabies winning the World Cup with Folau does more damage to their brand than the Wallabies losing and making a big statement here and, and uh, sh- showing that inclusivity and, and support of the LBGT community, among others. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, Matt, where is it going to leave Maria Folau? You know, it was Frees a up massive, a bit of money too. He's their yeah. highest paid player. It was a <laughs> massive distraction for the Silver Ferns at the Commonwealth Games yeah. last year, and we saw how that ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've yet to hear from Maria Folau, of course, Israel's uh, wife and Silver Ferns shooter. Likely to be her last year in the Silver Ferns anyway, I, I think, this year. But surely this is not going to be helpful for the Silver Ferns going to a World Cup in no, a few months as well. No, it's just going to be another unwanted distraction that none of them will probably be wanting. Mm. I mean, f- from what happened last year, what I really thought I saw on social media, I thought Maria Folau's stocks and the public perception really dropped. You know, I thought the way she she um, backed his comments, which I mean, obviously a supportive wife is going to do for her husband. But um, I mean, when when those comments uh, can be so damaging to someone, uh, you know, a young person, any person really, um, it is it is very um, very distressing. And I can I can totally see this, you know, playing out. Uh, you know, for another month or so at least, in the lead up to the World Cup for the netball, um, rugby World Cup, there'll be questions about Falau all the all this way for the rest of the year. Essentially, we'll still be talking about this, so it's, it's just an unwanted distraction. I mean, yes, uh, how how the Silver Ferns will will bounce back? I'm I'm not too sure. I mean, you know, Maria hasn't really been so much as part of the team, you know, being in Australia as mm. being in New Zealand since she's been living in Sydney. And she's I, been a bit of an outsider among that sort of has, for some time. Yeah, now. Like, she as has, a casual yeah. observer at their trainings from mm. time to time, she warms up on her own, she warms down on her own, she's mm. often doing individual, working on individual mm. skills when she's not having to be directly involved in mm. any kind of team um, situation, whereas the other players will be gathering on the sidelines, having a yarn, they might have their kids along for the day, they're catching up, first time they've met baby, etc, etc, mm. they might mm. have Amelia Anacanasio, who's you know who is taking time off to have her child, she'll be coming in to bring it. And Maria's always off to the side; she's not involved in any of that. I'm not saying she's unprofessional. I'm not saying she doesn't chain the house down, but she's certainly, in terms of that friendship and camaraderie among the team and the culture, she's not part of it. She's removed from it now, has been for some time, and. Yeah, as good a player as she is, it's far too much of a distraction. And the Silver Ferns, every single media bloody press conference will be about Israel Folau, and you don't want that. You want to focus on some of your own positivity, especially because they have a big job in winning their own fans Yeah, back. but unfortunately, like her husband, she is crucial yeah. to the Silver Ferns. And she, probably more, perhaps more so in this sense. Absolutely, when you've only got seven players on court as well, and she is one of those who will be starting every big game for the Silver Ferns at the Netball World Cup in July. We, we know mm. that. Mm. So she's going to be there. Mm. Yep, she's it's such just, a talent. It's going to be see not? how yeah, the Silver yeah. Ferns well, handle have to just, it, really. They'll have to just make her unavailable, essentially, won't they? Yeah. Otherwise, everyone's going to ask her that question. So, I mean, I know they'll probably just keep her under wraps from the media. Um, we'll try and make it, try and make us not ask that question. Of course, everyone's going to do it anyway, no matter what they ask us to do. So, I, I think they'll probably just try and keep her out of the media spotlight. So, the focus is on the ferns and their performances rather than. Is that the, the way to go show. about it, though? Should they not just say, "All right, let's put her up now, get it out of the way, and then move on"? Another, like, would that could possibly that could be the possibly option? a good option as well. It all depends what happens from here on in, I suppose, mm. and how long the story bubbles away for. But mm. they'll be thinking about it already. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, and Joe, you touched on it before about the whole free speech and the, the fact that twenty five thousand. 
thousand people or odd people have mm-hmm. liked that post from Israel Folau. There mm-hmm. are people who agree with him. I suppose what we've got to clear up here is that we're you know we're all for free speech, but Israel Folau has been warned about his conduct on social media before, and that when you're of someone of that stature, how much of an impact you can have. I suppose you've got to live to different standards, isn't it? Essentially. Other, other people like, I suppose, like ourselves could probably get away with a post like that on social media, arguably. But someone of his stature, who is uh, such a role model for, for people out there, yeah. he can just have so much damage with what, what he says and what he posts. And that's, that's an age-old argument. Should sports stars or high-profile athletes, as well as whatever kind of celebrities be held up as role models and should they have to live to those standards just because they earn that certain pay packet or because they're famous versus, you know, Joe Bloggs. But that's part and parcel of it. You get paid Absolutely a large amount is. of money and you get paid to, to live a fairly privileged life and, and do a privileged job. And because of that, you should use that position of privilege and power to try and do some good to the world and be a good role model. And so it isn't just about how good you are on the field. It is about being a good role model and using mm. your position of power and privilege to help because you, you're getting... You, you work three hours a day, four days a week, and you play a rugby game and you get a million bucks a year. You've got a lot of free time. You've got a lot of time to your family. And it's, it's a pretty bloody good life. You talk to ex-All Blacks that then have their careers ended short, quickly and have to go and actually get a real job, the adjustment can be pretty tough. They, they know they have it good. And part of that and the flip side of that is that you have to be a good role model. You're allowed to have your own beliefs, and you can stand by them. That's fine. But we know where he stands because he's done this before. He didn't need to do it again. There's nothing other, there's no other explanation than hate speech because we knew where he stands. He, we, he, others don't need to be vilified consistently by him for simply living their life and being born who they are. The problem I think I have is I actually genuinely think he believes what he's, you know, yeah. like, and, oh, I mean, he, he, he's, and but he, 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 but, can, and he doesn't think he's wrong. You've got to be held accountable for what you're doing. Mm. You, know? you do. And, you do. But in that situation, I guess it is a tough situation for the likes of RA to be in is because mm. he is so did set you know on on his beliefs and i mean yeah now it's it does it's going to create a contractual issue obviously i mean i know it's been written in but he'll he will there'll be arguments over this uh, going forward with lawyers no doubt about you know yeah, whether about, or not this you warrants. know the suppression of speech yes. versus the breach of contract mm. breach of code of conduct versus suppression of, of free speech essentially is probably what his lawyers would argue mm. but like i've said you're in that position of privilege that not many people are right, and you you gain a lot from what the game has given you, and you just need to be a lot more careful. This guy is held up in huge huge esteem by the Pacific community. We all know that Māori and Pacific have hugely high rates of youth suicide in this country and Australia compared to other ethnicities, which is a shocking statistic in itself. And a lot of the time, and not always, but some of the times, this can come down with a struggle with sexuality and the stigma that's attached to being homosexual in Pacific Island communities, which is of course is a cultural contradiction in many, many ways. But we won't go there because that's another issue altogether. So for him to speak and to say things like he does can have a huge impact and do an incredible amount of damage to young Pacifica in in particular communities and the way they think and the way they view their role models and the way they view themselves in society. And a lot of young people in this world are growing up struggling with their own identities, sexuality and many other things and mental health issues. It's a real crisis at the moment, an epidemic among the youth and... Falau is doing nothing but spread and fan the flames of hate, intolerance and anger and, and, and not acceptance, not compassion. And arguably, Christian beliefs are of compassion and of tolerance 
and of being kind to fellow man, and he's essentially doing the complete opposite. Contradictory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there was some great points that Nehi Milner-Scudder yes. brought up as well, uh, which along those same lines, Joe, and it's great to see uh, a high-profile New Zealand rugby player really stand up and make, make a really eloquent yep. and also considered uh, response to, to Israel Folau. Well, another Israel is making headlines for the right reasons with Israel Adesanya to fight for the interim middleweight title at UFC 236 on Sunday. Matt is our mixed martial arts expert. Why is this bout significant? <laughs> Getting a bit carried away there, mate. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ravinda couldn't be here today, uh, so they've dragged me into this conversation <laughs> of uh, mixed martial arts. In my extensive uh, research that I have done uh, before we In came the last on, ten minutes or so, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Before we came <laughs> on, I have gathered some information here on this bout. So you've got Israel Adesanya. He's sixteen and zero. So he's yet to be beaten in the UFC against Cal. Calvin Gastelum, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he is uh, 15 wins, three losses, and one no contest. Uh, we all know uh, Adesanya is quite a well. If people do watch UFC, he's quite a lanky guy. He's six foot four, about 84 kg, still decent size. Calvin uh, Gastelum is five foot nine and 84 kg as well, quite a bit stockier. Um, so there's probably quite a good height and reach advantage there for Adesanya. Um, just a little fun fact for you: the last fight that Gastelum lost was in 2017 to a guy who was six foot two and 84 kgs as well. So obviously that reach was a bit of an issue for him in that last fight. Um, the guy he lost to was a Bra- uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing specialist. Um, but Adesanya's more uh, kickboxing and boxing, a bit of Muay Thai as well. So I imagine what Adesanya will try to do is try keep his distance a bit, try and strike, go for the knockout blow with a foot or a, uh, or a punch. A uh, foot, a kick rather, sorry. Um, so he'll try to stick to those uh, strengths, I imagine. Obviously, Gastelum, he's got wrestling experience, so I imagine he'll try to get him to the mat and try submit him somehow, you know, choke him out, something like that, try to get the win. Uh, and Gastelum's also a southpaw, which I don't believe Adesanya's come up against yet, so... So that'll be take a bit of adjusting, getting used to. But, I mean, these guys do this training all the time. He would have been training with guys at the Southpaw. It's very similar to Gastelum, no doubt. So, yeah, that's on Sunday. Um, yeah, I'll probably be watching the Masters. But, hey, for all those that want to watch uh, the UFC, yeah, go Israel Adesanya. Do you know, do you know who's the favourite for this one? Oh, at, don't at ask me this. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would never clue, mate. I mean, in New Zealand, Adesanya, for sure. In America, I, I don't know. Probably well, Gastelum. It is on Sunday afternoon, yeah. As well, so the masters won't be on, Matt. So you oh, will be will it. be able to watch. I have it. no excuse. I, I think I might be in hospital. I'm playing rugby tomorrow. I could be. I could be in hospital with a concussion for all I know. So mi- who knows? Mi- mixed martial arts, of course, are one of those sports, I suppose, which really divides people. You either you either <laughs> love it or, or you hate it. Joe, where do you sit? Will you be watching come I, Sunday afternoon? I am the father of three kids under the age of six, so I don't get much time to do anything on the weekends other than chase children around and stop them from maiming themselves. So um, <laughs> I, I'm on the fence. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the growth and, the, and popularity mm. with the sport and how many people are passionate about it. Like You go into any Facebook or social media sports groups in New Zealand and UFC largely dominates chats apart from Israel Folau, of course, this week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Aside from that, it's mostly been about Adesanya and Gastelum and who thinks who will win, the contrast of styles, the height differences, etc., etc. So it certainly makes for a lot of excitement and, and build-up, and, and, I, and I get why people love it because it's a little bit more accessible to boxing. It happens a whole lot more often. There's, uh, there's still politics behind the scenes, but ha- perhaps a little bit less. Uh, you, you sort of get a feeling that genuinely it's two combatants out there and the winner is the winner rather than any sort of... S- 
semblance mm. of rigging yeah. or anything yeah. going on, you mm. know. Um, I can I can sort of I can see the the sort of raw visceral attraction of seeing people getting knocked out. You know, it's kind of got that guttural emotive response. Um, but for me, it's a bit of a blood sport, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And I wouldn't want to expose my children to four hours of UFC on a Sunday. I think they'd come out traumatized. So no, that's the thing. I'm on yeah. the fence on this one, fellas. Well, yeah, I, I, I love a... seeing what the Kiwi boys can do. And yeah. actually, Kai Kara France is a good one of my best friends from high school's cousins. And he's a little pocket rocker. He's about my height. <laughs> and he must throw punches about 3,000 times harder. So it's great to see people of all sort of shapes and sizes being involved in the sport. It's, it's opened up the world of martial arts and pugilism and boxing to a whole lot more people and it's got to be good for people uh, who not necessarily would be involved in fitness or any other sort of traditional sport to get out there and give it a go and get themselves active so look I, I think it's great in terms of the, the, what it does for the, the outside world but in terms of watching it it's, it's not my favourite product but hey I, I don't want to hate on it because it's maybe a bit of a little lack of understanding on my behalf. Yeah, I mean, I sort of sit in the same boat as uh, Joe there. I mean, I had that conversation with Ravinda and uh, a mixed martial arts coach a few weeks ago on Extra Time about it. You know, I'm, I try to avoid conflict as much as possible, so it's not really my um, my type of sport. But I mean, yeah, I understand. I understand the you know the art behind it and whatnot, and that you know people do dedicate their lives to it. I mean, it would be nice not to see people choked out on a mat, that pass out or get knocked out. But hey, that's that's me. Uh, other people obviously love it and that's all for them I mean yeah um, I, I think we mentioned it but I th- um, this is for the interim uh, middleweight title so the winner of this will then face Robert Whitaker, who Which I believe be is like a, cool. a New Zealand Australian yes, or yes. Yeah. New Zealand, New Zealand born yeah. Yeah. New Zealand uh, yeah, well, yeah New Zealand born Australian yeah. raised I think he Maori, flies under the Australian flag heritage. but yeah yeah but uh, yeah he has a tamoko and what on yeah. his arm and stuff so no um so that would be quite a cool storyline if that was to happen but the funny thing is um that Calvin Gastelum was meant to fight Robert Whitaker like two fights ago for the middleweight title but Whitaker pulled out, so now Gaslam's got to fight Adesanya to get that same fight again. So oh, let's hope <laughs> it's going around that will be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That might be something nice to take uh, away from the conversation of the other Israel we've been having in the last uh, mm. week or so. Yeah, Matt Chatterton, um, and Joe Porter. Thank you very much for your time. That's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Brenton Vanisselroy. Bye for now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.